This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nigel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me as always from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. We are just days away from the biggest show in pro wrestling history. AEW will not let us forget it. I don't know how many times it was said last night on Dynamite. I'm assuming it's going to be said many more times on Collision, which is coming up on Saturday, which was also taped last night. Biggest show in the history of professional wrestling, all in Wembley Stadium on Sunday afternoon back here in the States. What is going to be the biggest story, boys, coming out of all in on Sunday? Well, the biggest story to date is that a pissant company, just a pissant company, <laughs> and AEW was able to draw over 80,000 people in Wembley Stadium. Look, if I could draw that without even having a card lined up and be able to have that many people, I'd say it a million times too. I don't, I don't think we should take this for granted. This is huge for the history of professional wrestling. There's been so many cards that WWE's put on for WrestleMania or SummerSlam that they've been able to draw in these football stadiums. And to think that an AEW that's still not even five years old can be able to draw that in the UK, I know that UK fans are crazy. But, bro, it's the idea that without even having what I would consider a strong main event and you're still being able to draw what they're drawing with this card, I just think this is remarkable. But you know one thing the AEW should do? They should thank Roman Reigns and the bloodline at WWE because the tried and true tradition of wrestling is if New York does well, Everybody does well. WWE does well. Yeah. Everyone's doing well, except the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> They're working on it. There's TV deals in the oh, mix, man. maybe. But the other thing, like, it's crazy to think about it from that standpoint. When you hear the Bucks last night talk about the original All In and the bet being, hey, can you sell out 10,000? And when they did, it was such a huge story. It's like, wow, they did it. The Bucks and Cody, 10,000. And now, like you said, over 80,000 this weekend. Like, it is a big deal. There's going to be hand-wringing. There's going to be, you know, oh, well, it's not this. It's not that. Who cares? Like, it's going to be a huge crowd. It's going to be a fun crowd from zero hour all the way to the end. And I think that is going to be the fun part of this weekend. Sometimes you get lost in it when you're so close. So, obviously, we weren't doing this podcast back when the original All In in Chicago happened. So, I I was just a fan. And I was a fan who was lucky enough to attend. Like I was in attendance at All In, the first one in in Chicago, and I was so thrilled by it. Like just the yeah. the entire card, like it was in even the main event, which was just a mess because they had never done this before. They had never put together a show that also had pay per view, and you had to time everything out. So some things went long, and the Young Bucks, along with Rey Mysterio, they got pinched a little at the end. So it ended up just being a spot fest, just a sprint to the end, which was fantastic. It kind of felt like a grand finale when you go see fireworks. Like it was just, and then you were exhausted. Like as a fan, you were exhausted at the end of it. You're like, thank God that that was that fast because I don't know how much energy I had left. But it it, it kind of hit me because maybe we're just. It, it, maybe I'm just too close to it doing the podcast and trying to pay attention the way we pay attention. It hit me last night and it was just kind of a, it wasn't even featured that much in the little sit down between the young bucks and FTR. Mm -hmm. But when the young bucks were talking to Renee and they said, yeah, like we're doing this eight times over. And it's just, sometimes you have to take, I think you guys are right. Sometimes you have to take a sit, just take a step back and go, 
holy shit. Like, this is an unbelievable accomplishment to get that many people into a stadium for a pro wrestling show that doesn't even have the main event we were all anticipating two months ago. Like, it's still going to be a great card. It's going to be an amazing show. And I, I think that we probably need to be better as a wrestling community of appreciating things. And that crowd's going to be hot, man. Like that crowd is going to be hot the entire time. Like if you thought Puerto Rico was hot, like this thing is going to be rocking on Sunday afternoon. And I can't wait for it. I mean, Tony Khan was asked on the media call this week, if like he'll give media access to like the books to basically audit the amount of people that walk through in order to verify if it's more than WrestleMania three. And like, that's so unnecessary. Like he flipped it and said, well, what would WWE do? And they're like, well, they would just send us a press release with a number. Like 80,000 is 80,000. Like whether it's one extra person than WrestleMania three or WrestleMania 32, who cares? 80,000 people this week. Like that should be the only thing we're talking about come, you know, Sunday night. You know what, bro? It's the problem is, is that we've gotten so tribal with this stuff, not just among the fans, but the media as well. The idea that Dave Meltzer would be there with a clicker, Seeing how it's coming in is absolute <laughs> bullshit. Like it, that, it is, it's just so ridiculous. It, uh-huh. Over, it, they say, and they can't give you the right, exact number yet because they're not. The event hasn't happened yet. Right, but it's over eighty thousand people. And so, can I just tell you? I'll just go on a limb. This event we're going to see on Sunday will be the most people we've seen in an arena or in a in a building in the history of the business. So it will surpass WrestleMania 3. I think that's already going to happen. Yeah. The 93,000 is the gimmick number. And by the way, <laughs> right. it's not like AEW is going to tell you the truth about how many people there. They'll say 88,000 people, 89,000 people. Like, it's a gimmick number, and it's fine. And, and, and I'm fine with this, too. Do I find it? So, so 80,000 80, is the number that was thrown out there. And I understand WrestleMania is two days now, so it's not 90,000 for one day. <laughs> but do... Do I think it was a coincidence that after, you know, one day of WrestleMania tickets being available, suddenly WWE is like, oh, we sold 90,000 tickets. Like, that's that's not a coincidence, right? Like, clearly it's gotten the attention of WWE and yeah, do whatever you want. I, and here's, and here's, here's the thing. I don't care if it has more people than WrestleMania 3 or 32. It's a crap load of people. Yes. In, in an area that shockingly has been ignored by i mean aew because they've got to build up to get there right but they've they've done a good job of being able to do that put the show together wwe has pretty much ignored the uk they made cardiff pay them to come there for their card last year and that's something that they're going to continue to do and now they're putting pressure on london after they had john cena show up at money in the bank and they want to do a wrestlemania there and all these different things but like it's a lot of people. It's going to be a hot crowd. It's going to be a fun show. You know what? It's Gabe? going to be a fun show. You know what, Gabe? This event is so big. How big is it? It's so big <laughs> that it turned MJF babyface to the point. Where, <laughs> right. That's how big it is to the point where, oh, I can't be an a hole. Okay, I'm overwhelmed. Right? He's <laughs> saying to Dave Lagreca uh, Le on Busted Open, it was a whole babyface. People thought it was going to be Dave Lagreca against MJF, and they're going to. And he was even contrite, just like, yeah, I'm a little bit overwhelmed by this because I just got in the business just yesterday. I just became the champion, and now we're the main event for this big card. And that's the thing, bro, is that we got to continue to hammer home. 
I don't care how many people are there. I never cared about that. Right. What I care about is, is that AEW can sell that many tickets without a real main event. Like, like I yeah. think about all the main events that we've seen over the years, right? Whether it's Nature Boy, Buddy Rogers, or whether it's Hulk Hogan against Andre the Giant, or if it's the Ultimate Warrior against Hogan, or Rock Hogan, or whatever, right? Savage, Brett, Sean, whatever, right? All the greats, Undertaker. But yet, this is the thing that draws in the UK. It just shows that, hey, AEW's in town. I got to go see it. That just shows you how strong the brand is. We we complain about the booking all the time. Yeah, like uh, Tony Khan is not a booker; he's a matchmaker. And no matter who is right. even on the card, oh, they're gonna be here. Oh, I gotta go see it, and that says a lot for AEW in its infancy. Yeah, and don't forget with MJF; he's a babyface now, but he did tell his mother to f off on Twitter. So there still is the MJF in him. So he has that going <laughs> for him. But yeah, like as much as we complain about the storytelling last night, you know, it felt rushed. Like. Yeah. The Jericho, the Osprey stuff. They're like, hey, sell this match. We want to see this match. They did a hell of a job. Oh, there. they sold it, bro. Bucks was whatever. Bro, yes, they sold it. They did their part. Osprey wants to be out there. He's working at Indy the night before. I got a stepchild, bro. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Like, yeah, cool. Like, I mean, is he stealing? Is that gimmick infringement on Heath Slater? I know Heath Slater's got kids, but like, I've got, I've got a stepkid. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, as much as we complain about the storytelling, there's been a lot of that. You look at these matches, and you're getting Sting and Darby. You're getting the Elite. You're getting all these wrestlers. It's going to make people say, hey, when they come back, I want to see that again. They want to come back to that. There's 10 matches. They announced say the FTW title will be on the line at zero hour. Like, it's going to deliver in the ring, like we say all the time, and they're going to hook the people to whenever they come back. There are going to be 80,000 there again. Well, it just goes, it's the point we make when we get to a pay-per-view and we'll probably make it again next week with All Out. (laughs) The card delivers for AEW 90% of the time, 95% of the time. Like the card's going to deliver. The the, the action in the ring is going to deliver. And when, when you've kind of sold yourself that way and that live crowd has a good time, that's how you get people to come back for the live crowd. It doesn't necessarily get you great television numbers for TNT or right. TBS and Turner. They've got, they're good enough where Turner continues to give you more hours that they have to fill. And now you have collision as well. Yeah. So I mean, the, the storytelling aspect is for your television contract, which is probably the thing you should worry about the most because that's where the majority of your money is going to come. But it does, to your point, uh, Jay Hood, show how strong the brand is when it comes to in-ring and how fun these shows these shows are to attend in person. I'm over. I'm just. I'm thrilled for them because that's just good for the business. Yeah. I mean, remember yes. we came up with you know just John Cena being the only attraction, WWE being the only attraction, and that's it. This is so cool. And by the way, as an aside, we should mention this. We'll be the first podcast to mention this. They're going to draw this many people, and it's still not the card they wanted. This has right. this has shades of Forbidden Door a couple of years ago. There's still no mm-hmm. Danielson. There is no Ray Phoenix because he's got visa issues. That's why he no, there's a crowbar. Oh, stop! <laughs> now you stop. <laughs> so, so he's got visa issues, so he won't be there. It's still I mean, these these things are happening. It's still not the complete card that everyone wanted. There's going to be guys missing, but it just shows you when it's an arms race for talent and you got so many people you can put on the card. Here's what, here's the card. Enjoy. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Is that what happened to AR Fox? They just like throw him off the card to put Christian on the card. They decided that they needed Christian. Who's, I mean, understandably one of the bigger names that they have because of his past in WWE. Like I, I'm not quite, 
not quite sure I understand what happened last night that AR Fox almost, almost killed a guy and was forgiven instantly by Darby Allen last night after getting Uh thrown off Swerve's team to be replaced by Christian. (laughs) And and Duluth, Georgia was like, yeah, AR Fox is back. Like, huh? I just like they looked at the card and it was like, which one of these things is not like the other? AR, yeah, let's get them out of there. Uh, That's it was bizarre. I had not read that, I had not heard that. That was so bizarre. I'm like, so babyface, heel, babyface in three weeks, huh? Right, was he taking lessons from Paul White? Like, what's going on? Poor Big Show. <laughs> he's the only one. He's the only one who knows what he's going through. God Almighty! So, so he's ruined. I will say yeah. though, like in addition to the crowd, one thing we would be talking about next week is Jericho beat Osprey. No, no chance. Zero he chance. Not. No. Zero chance. Sir. Jericho's lost a lot. Yeah, no. and he's going to continue to like. And I no. think Jericho knows he's he's got to lose this. This guy wants that to happen so he can bitch about it next week. <laughs> oh yes. no, that's why. Because he did. First of all, Broitz was anti. That he did not want to see this match. Correct. It's still a waste. They didn't want to see Same this here. match either. Same but, here. It's, yep. it, but it's going to be fine. It's going to deliver, and and Brov is going to win because he's got a step kid, and it's going to be fine. <laughs> um. By the way, speaking of Osprey and his group, so uh, United Empire. Uh, how about Aussie Open being able to just carry, like. The Hardys looked significantly better this week than they did the week before, and that's because Aussie Open was able to carry them through a match, which just makes me excited for Aussie Open even more going forward, and they've got their match on Zero Hour as well. I just wanted to make a note of that. It's not like my match of the week or anything, but it's just I thought it was worth noting that the Hardys looked better this week, mostly because I think United Empire and Aussie Open was able to carry them. Okay, so I need Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson to take on the Hardys. Loser of the fall must leave wrestling. That's why. That's where the Hardys are <laughs> no, right now. We're, we're going to get to this later, but you got to keep the Hardys around in case Ed shows up in yeah. AEW. I think Morton and Gibson move better than Matt Hardy at this point. Though. I think that's fair. Like Ricky can yeah. still go now. Yeah. Has much, Matt Hardy's not hitting a Canadian destroyer. That's right. No, Ricky no. can go. I, I watched it again last night. And I was just like, oh, the Hardys. But still, yeah. that strong pop, I told you, man. Oh, yeah. Still get that pop. Yeah. It's amazing. God. They love them, man. They're, over. They're a retro act. That's what they are. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that it's Jeff's not as smooth, but at least he's moving fine. Um, as, mm-hmm. Especially, right. you know, standing next to his brother. Before we move on, what is the biggest storyline story coming out of All In? Broitz? I think it's moving forward, MJF and Cole. I think they lose the Ring of Honor tag title match because of Roddy and Kingdom, and you have the confusion. And then I think Cole wins it due to their help. Cole turns heel, and they run it back seven days later, and it's a short run for Cole. You know, I, I, Cole showed us in that interview that he did that he's turning heel. If he just yep, would just yes. been cool, just like he has been, but I know they kept showing some of the things there in which he could have turned on Dynamite and certain shows. But if he didn't walk out in the interview, you'd still think, hmm, there's still a possibility. But he turned right. hot, and I'm like, ah, the turn's coming at some point on MJF. It's going to happen. Yeah, I think that's where we go. because I guess you just run it back seven days later because it's hot enough. So, so Gabe, I'll just tell you as a tag team, Mark, I, I mean, I look forward to 
if this is going to be the last time, I'm not convinced of that, but if this is the last time of FTR against uh, against Matt and Jeff Hardy, I'm uh, Jet. I'm sorry. I guess <laughs> Matt and Nick Jackson. Matt, Matt and Nick yeah. Jackson. There's I'll there's look, too many Matts. Too many Matts in tag yeah, team wrestling. My bad. I, against the Young Bucks, I look forward to that. I look forward to that matchup. I feel like they're going to get some time. I do. That's not going to oh, be 100%. well. I mean, knock on wood with that one. Yeah. Tony says everything's good as of now, but obviously stuff can change. with in terms of Cash Wheeler and all that, right now. What he's, he's well, got they, a, he's, he's got ankle mo- does he have an ankle monitor? Is he ready to go? <laughs> no, they didn't, t- and they didn't take his passport or anything as part of the. Correct. You know, so it seems like he's been cleared for this. You know, I, I would think that something we would know by now, because my guess is Tony's he's getting on a plane monitor. today to go over there. Would you say, bro? It's an ankle monitor, right? Just in case. Tony says he's monitoring. Oh, I see. Like, there's oh. Keeping an eye on it. So. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I look forward to that matchup. I, my yeah. hope is, is that we can get the definitive best tag team of this generation. So I'm trying to figure out, Young Bucks, you're in the front office. Can you give it to FTR? Or is your ego so big that you got to win? That's what I would like to know. I, and I don't know how that works. Actually, I don't know who's going to win that match. I don't. I honestly don't either. I have no idea. And I think that's what's... And that, that's what's most intriguing about that is that I don't have any idea of who's going over. Part of me leans bucks and they blame it on the legal stuff saying like, oh, well, we don't know what FTR is going to look like in a month. So they have to play it safe and put it on the bus. Like, I mean, <laughs> They're going to shoot with the audience like Christian shot <laughs> on, on dynamite. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's the only thing I can think. But yeah, I think that match will deliver. Are we looking forward to Punk Joe, or did that uh, go to sleep on Saturday ruin that? It, what was wrong with the go to sleep? It wasn't clean? What are you talking oh, about? I mean, Joe's a large man. I understand. No. It's not easy to get him up. But... That's bad. That was a horrible job. <laughs> now, the, the old yellow dog gimmick of I'm going to put a, a mask on and you won't know it's me. And then you do this, and then it's like you miss it by a mile. It's like, oh, God, that's horrible. Horrible. It's a. It's a tough move that you knew wasn't going to age well. I wonder if Punk starts giving it up anytime soon, but he can't because he's in this somehow fake feud with Kenta over the GTS. So who knows? Um, The uh, Santana and Ortiz returning last night. Do anything for you guys being part of Stadium Stampede, not aligning with their friend in Eddie Kingston? Well, last time we saw them, was that a blood and guts, bro? It's in which blood and guts. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the thing that, and they were with BCC that night. The thing that's so so bizarre that I don't think the average person knows is that those two don't like each other. You, you, well, you, reportedly, they're good now. Yeah, you would think, well, if you come back together for the first time in a while, you'd think there'd be a handshake or a hug. We got none of that. Fair. They were past each other. You notice that? <laughs> there and, and there was some distance, like when they kind of finally got everybody in the same frame to kind of go, oh, this is going to be the team for blood and guts with the three members of the BCC and the two of them. It's not like you said, it's not like they were, you know, putting their arms around each other. One was on one side of the BCC, the other was on the other. And that's frustrating because those two were so over. We talk a lot about guys that get over and then they cool them down. Like those guys could have been tag champs at one point as over as they were. And then it's like, ah, whatever. Like now they're just part of this. Well, group. I mean, the knee injury probably hurt that. Because sure. coming out, coming, I mean, you could have probably coming out of that um, blood and guts, you probably could have put them over as a tag team. And I don't think anybody would have had an issue with it. Agreed. But the knee injury prevented that. Yeah. We move on to some of the other top stories in the world of professional wrestling because, well, let's be honest, there are a bunch of them. We like to call it our three counts. Brian, what do we have at number one? 
In the WWE world, we are a little over a week away from Payback, a double pay-per-view weekend next week. That'll be Saturday night before All Out on Sunday. Which WWE story are you most interested in right now? Um, LA Knight. It's not a story, but I guess I'm just most interested in LA Knight. Um, they, him losing for the first... I mean, usually him losing during this whole stretch of him being hot. And he's lost too much in this stretch. It actually made sense because the U.S. title is super cold right now because as he pointed out on SmackDown last week, it was like the first time in three months that Austin Theory had defended it and he lost it to Rey Mysterio. So, and and Rey and the the LWO, they're all involved in that U.S. title scene. I mean, the, the Miz, going over on the Miz is probably bigger for LA Knight than holding a U.S. championship right now. So I would say him actually losing and furthering that feud with the Miz this past Friday night on SmackDown, LA Knight's the most thing, the, the thing I am most interested in at this point. So I will answer the question, but I'll ask you too, in our audience, what was, that, what was SmackDown like without the bloodline without, I mean, that was interesting, right? I mean, the main event was edge and Seamus. Mm-hmm. So you had a whole, you yeah, had you a whole had Joe. all you had was Heyman. That's all you had. What was that like for you? I mean, they had the edge thing. Luckily, like that was the big takeaway. Yeah. They put that in the main event spot because they're in Toronto. Cause we, we talked about last week, but that was different, right? We used to seeing something about this storyline every single week. And then we saw Heyman with just the promo and that was it as far as the bloodline. But that was just different because that's been carrying the water for SmackDown for a long time. Um so so it's gotta be the judgment day. They're getting a lot of time on TV. And oh, they're okay. getting it's getting to be, to the point where it's like two or three different segments of the judgment day in the ring, several promos, trying to figure out which was bizarre by the way on Monday, like which two's gonna be in the ring. And by the way, God bless Cody Rhodes because if Cody wasn't there, Raw would have been off at 40 after the hour in the third hour. <laughs> well, looks like this is a two-minute main event. Well, we got no more standby matches. We're signing off 20 minutes early. So long. Oh, well, also, oh, the restart. To your point, <laughs> when it comes to Judgment Day, I saw the stat going around. Of the last 16 Raws, mm-hmm. at least one member of Judgment Day has been in the main event 14 times of the last 16 Raws. Wow. Yeah. But I guess yeah. – I guess I'm just over the the drama. Like they haven't taken it anywhere with Finn and Damian Priest. Like it's just been lingering drama. They haven't advanced it. So I guess if if the question is what am I most interested in, I'm still most interested in LA Knight. If you'd asked me two or three weeks ago, it probably still would have been Judgment Day. But they just it, it seems like they're just spinning the tires a little bit with Judgment Day right now. It's just not going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. It's like, it just feels so repetitive. Like it's them in the main event and it's, you know, Cody, Sammy, KO, like just, you know, pick one or two. And that's what we're going to do every week. And it's sort of like it felt towards the end of Vince where like the rematches and the storytelling, not making sense. Like you have the McDonough part, which I guess ultimately will lead to him and Finn first Dom and Damien. But like, why? Like, it just doesn't do anything for me at this point. They only put them in those positions because the, I'm sure the ratings are high when they're on and the merch. And people want to see it over sure. and over again. But it, the thing that wrestling fans want is new and fresh, right? right? So what's new and fresh outside the bloodline and the judgment day? You mentioned LA Knight. But again, it's still, Gabe, it's still just, it, it's just meandering, this whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's top dollar. It's Miz. Okay, so at some point you got to elevate 
a little bit more with L.A. Knight. It's got to be more than just I. L.A. Knight does a promo, embarrasses the other person, and then that happens. Okay, L.A. Knight's on the mic, and he's an influence for Tozawa to beat Miz. Okay, it still feels like underneath to me, deep underneath for L.A. Knight, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense for him to beat The Miz, but can you 100% say he's going to beat The Miz? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's WWE. You got to consider that. Tazawa just beat The Miz. Right. So ultimately beating The Miz means nothing, but I I don't know. Uh, yeah. No. Well, what, a guy that's top three in merchandise sales loses to The Miz. Boy, that's just bad booking right there, man. That's kind of. Productive. But wins and losses don't matter there, so they don't care. Well, listen to. Well, they do to an extent because you have to win feuds in order to move on and coming out of them. You know, like you can't lose that feud and still come out looking strong if you're LA Knight. Don't listen to Brian Armstrong. What's his name? And don't, don't listen to him. He's an idiot. <laughs> he is an idiot. Okay. The road dog Jesse James. He, he's an idiot. Yeah. Like, like no one speaks out more for the company than that guy. You don't even hear Michael <laughs> Michael Hayes and say, "Hey, right, hey, let me tell you about this wrestling. Wins and losses don't matter, dude, dude, dude." You don't hear him doing that. Just him. Just, just Jesse James. No, but I think their booking tells us that. So, like, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, I agree, though, like, they're doing nothing with him. The other one I throw out there, the Nakamura stuff's been entertaining. Like, that promo on Monday with the subtitles and addressing the back, and ultimately he's going to lose next week. (laughs) Gabe's not into it, but, like... Well, I want to be into it. I want to be into it, but you've told me after years of shitty booking for Shinsuke Nakamura that none of this is actually going to matter. I want to care about Shin. I want to, but I already know what's going to happen. Like I have in, in at least when, at least in other situations, like Sammy going into Montreal, we all knew Sammy wasn't going to win, but there was a point in that match where you thought, Ooh, maybe they will. Right. You, You could trick yourself into thinking that at no point during payback, Am I going to be able to convince myself that Shin's going over Seth Rollins? I just, I, I'm not going to be able to. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's and it comes from the precedent that they've set with Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura and the way they've just absolutely wasted him in the seven years that they've had it. I um, I think that's fair. And I think the other point with that, like, is that the main event right now, a payback? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah, but but I, to your point, bro, it's it's intriguing because it's a fresh coat yeah. of paint for Nakamura. Like, you know, it's I I like they threw in the little and I see this is why WWE is so good with the storytelling, right? At times they could be really good at. So they just so Shinsuke Nakamura tells Seth Rollins, "Hey, by the way, I know what's going on with your back." Oh, so you now you know the target for Nakamura in the matchup. He's gonna be working on Seth's back. So look, Seth's going over. But at least it's a fresh match. I'll give him that more. But yeah. but to Gay's point, you've given us no reason to think that underdog opponents can win because we've been there and done that with so many people that you think, boy, this is the time. This is the time to put a, a championship on this guy or this guy or this woman, and it never happens. And yeah. and look, I mean, Seth. I mean, like if Seth's look. back is actually bad, giving him a little bit of time off wouldn't be a bad idea. And but they're not going to give him time off until. God, who knows when until the back actually goes out and Shinsuke, I love, I would love for Shinsuke Nakamura to get a run as a world champion in WWE. It's just not going to happen. Especially during a time where it doesn't matter. 
Right. <laughs> because, well, that's why it would have made sense to put it on Finn and then you further the Judgment Day stuff that way because you have him as a champion. You have Damien with the briefcase. Like, that would have made sense. And they decided against So that. now you got bookend, you know, um, teams where you got the bloodline over here and you've got Judgment Day over there. And that would make more sense. Now that it empowers yeah. ju- for Judgment Day to run roughshod over everybody instead of just Finn on the outside looking in. So, right. yeah. To the point where, by the way, yep. but to the point where, you know, the turn's coming. If When Finn turns babyface, I'll just shrug my shoulders and just like, eh, seen that before. Eh. Agreed. Yeah. And then you have just a bunch, a whole lot of like, it feels like one of those times where it's like, oh, we're going to get to Survivor Series. Like, KO and Sammy are just there. Cody's not in a feud feud right now. Like, there's just a whole lot of nothing going on there. Well, I think, yeah. Yeah, he's Cody's just kind of hanging on because the main story within the Judgment Day isn't their outside. It's their ins- what's going on in the inside. Is it going to right. implode? So Cody's adjacent to that. We thought we were going to maybe get Cody Seth, but then Shin inserts himself there. I don't know if they're trying to stretch that out and give Cody a shot later down the line. Who knows? I'm not sure what they're doing with Cody, but it's crazy to think that they're two of their three hottest acts. Who I would say, and maybe again because we were in Mon- in uh, in Quebec, Sammy got another good pop on 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 Monday. Yeah, but you have Sammy, Cody, and La Knight are probably your three biggest baby faces right now, and they're just wandering right. in the wilderness right now in WWE. Now imagine AEW really capitalizing on that and going for after all of this on Sunday, and then they come to Chicago to really push their stories. Now you got something there. You know, and, and or other companies will be able to do this because WWE is just they're just waiting for Survivor Series in Chicago and waiting for WrestleMania. They're, I mean, because yeah. they throw anything out there and they're drawing the Survivor Series and that SmackDown that weekend already sold. It's already sold out. Right. So no matter what they put out there, it doesn't matter. <laughs> seems seems like they're in on the uh, AEW secret that Chicago is somehow a good wrestling town. Who knew? Who could have guessed? <laughs> Who knew? Even even Impact sold out here. <laughs> What about NWA? Uh, yes. <laughs> that's, yes. Maybe that was maybe that was the one that tipped him off. Maybe once they realized that NWA could sell out, like, wait, what if we put one of our big pay per views in Chicago? Stay with me. What if we? Roach won't, Roach won't say it out loud, but he's rooting for an EC3 victory so that way he could they could reimagine the NWA. If EC3 becomes a champion, we're gonna start putting their guests on. Yeah, I could definitely be better. Bull rope match. I don't know when that is, but I saw that's coming up at some point. Oh, they were in West Palm, were they not? NWA? Uh, well, there was a Smashing Pumpkins concert in West Palm, and then they worked in some NWA matches as well. Shout out to the I Think Financial uh, Amphitheater. Wait, during the concert? I think right before, and there might have been one during. <laughs> okay, then. All right. Uh huh. Interesting way to do your shows. Uh, what do we got at number two this week, Brian? All right. Edge was on the bump talking about celebrating 25 years in the WWE and was asked what current WWE superstars could one day celebrate 25 years. His list, Dirty Dom Mysterio, The Street Profits, Rhea Ripley, Austin Theory, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller, and Braun Breaker. So who could you guys see as 25-year WWE superstars? Well, I mean, Rhea being on that list makes the most sense. It's, It's just such a hard thing. And, and I've kind of realized this through the conversations we've had about, you know, a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, ESPN putting out their top 30 under 30, you know, yep. professional wrestling stars. And you look back to the attitude era and even a little bit after that, when you have 
you know, the, kind of the first start of the ruthless aggression area with Cena and, and Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton and how they came into the company so young, you don't really have that in the WWE. So to get to that 25-year mark is would, would be pretty incredible. I don't know how you leave Roman Reigns off this list unless you just assume that Roman's going to retire at some point and not be wrestling um, since he you know, has had health issues and has had the, the leukemia scares in the past. But, I mean, Roman Reigns is number one bullet point because with the storyline they've told him, the bloodline, there ain't no way Vince McMahon, Triple H, Endeavor, whoever is ever letting Roman Reigns walk away from this company. Like, Roman is in for life. So I, Roman Reigns would be on the top of my list. Rhea Ripley makes a lot of sense because she is one of those young superstars. Unless they get better creative for Austin Theory. I, I don't know how Austin Theory makes it 25 years, but that's he's just kind of wrong. He has that going for him. Yeah, he's, he's young. That's about yeah. the only thing. But you got to get better creative. Because some of these other people that you would assume would have spent, like, Rey Mysterio doesn't have that 25 years. He They allowed him to right. kind of bounce around the indies for a number of different years. Like, Having 25 years associated with the WWE is an incredibly hard thing to do. And you're putting out Roman. He debuted in 2010, so he is about halfway there. Okay. Well, let's talk about this for a second because for you to be able to be with the company for 25 years, that means that you have done so much for the company, meaning that you've made a event at WrestleMania several times and you've taken some losses that in which hey, you've just been a good soldier, like Adolph right. Ziggler or someone like that, right? Uh, so the first name that came to mind is like Miz. Like I don't know how long oh, yeah. has Miz been in yeah. the company. Like there's I a guy twenty and, at this point. Well, okay. So the the guys with longevity, like the Undertaker and people like that, those people never left to make the jump to WCW. And same thing with uh, with Shawn Michaels. Never made that jump to go to even when they should have. They did not. They stuck with Vince. And so in this time, Gabe, I don't think that wrestlers look at the WWE and say, yep, this is where I'm going to be for the rest of my life. Because there's going to be free agency at some point. And there's going to be another Tony Khan-like figure out there that says, I got more money and more opportunity. If you're miserable, you can come here. So I don't know. if we're. I think we're at the end with these people staying at an, one organization for 25 years. We're not going to get an AEW person there for 20, 25 years because they'll make that jump and vice versa. I think we're at the end when it comes to people having lifetime contracts. Even Mark Henry had a, I think he had a ten-year right. deal. I think he stayed all ten, and then he he bounced a little bit after that. I think we're well, done. Well, to Gabe's point, deal. like the Cena or in like Batista run, like there was no other options for those guys at the time. Like, yes, at the time, like someone like Orton could have bounced early on, like if you know he was over WWE or like didn't like where things were going. If there was another option for him, he would have been a hot free agent. Miz is an interesting one. He debuted no six, just looking at that. But like to the young standpoint, like solo, like they love their Samoans. Like, could he be the next one? Because <laughs> you don't need to be a main eventer. Like someone like Val Venus was around for 80 years. It felt like just never got laid off somehow. Like just hang around in the back. They don't even know you work there anymore. Like did that gets you to 25. You know, they love their Samoans. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Wait a minute. It's a fact. Can you say that? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, the WWE, they love their Samoans. What? <laughs> Where are the Dolphins? <laughs> what are you saying there? I'm just saying, based on history. Oh, God. That's awful. 
I mean, you have to be young. Like that's the, like New Day. Do you throw them in there because they haven't been around? Like, what's their run at this point? Well, I guess they're the the one would be Kofi, right? Right, like because no, no, yeah. I don't. I don't but, think I mean, so. I think we're done. Edge kind of run. Like an Edge, and an Edge, honestly, I don't. Does he make it to twenty five years without the nine years off with the neck injury? If right. he wrestles the entire time through. Does he retire sooner? I mean, because he, he was still obviously making appearances for WWE in that nine-year stretch. He would pop up every now and then, you know, just to kind of get a pop out of a Canadian crowd or a further a different storyline, you know, do these different things. So without that injury, is he with WWE for 25 years? Or does he end up jumping ship at some other point like his buddy Christian Cage has? Well, like you said, or like you two said, like there wasn't that many opportunities. Either you go to the WWE or get paid you know, weekly by TNA with their, you know, weekly pay-per-views and go to Nashville because a lot of those guys were in that, in that soft WWE, they weren't going to new Japan. Like, Oh no, I'm not banging up my body and less than my life. We're going over there. Oh no, no, no. They didn't do that. They could have a lot mm-hmm. of those guys like, yeah, I don't, I'm going to go overseat. No, they didn't want to do that. Did, Brock did very briefly. Yeah. <laughs> and that's enough. Yeah. Even he had enough. Yeah. Like, okay, that, that'll be fine. So, I, so I think that that's what it is. It's like, I don't think we're getting those lifers anymore, bro. It's, I don't think that we're going to have guys that's going to be there for 25 years wrestling time in and time out and be with the company unless you're really special. Yeah, I think you're right about like the older guys. I mean, Angle, you mentioned the impact thing. Like Kurt Angle brought up this week or last that like his career would be looked at a lot differently if he never went to impact. Like if he was in WWE that whole time, then he would be looked at at you know, a Shawn Michaels level because he'd be mm-hmm. with that one company. And yeah, and I think it also comes to a point where even if WWE was your dream, like you look at it now and you realize if you're not a certain, you know, body type or whatever, you're not going to get to achieve those dreams. We talk about it a lot. Johnny Gargano sitting here with us saying his dream is WrestleMania. And now he's just there, barely. Like that ultimately affects guys despite the money being thrown out there. Kurt Angle, by the way, is a TNA guy. He's not a WWE guy. His best matches were at Impact. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true. Like he, you know it's I mean? damn true. It's he was he was a more of an impact guy. Uh, AJ Styles, as we know, more of an impact right. guy. So I Kurt mean, Angle like, documentary premieres uh, next Saturday after uh, payback. I'm looking forward Peacock. to that. I want to see how deep they go on that because there's a lot on the table there for Kurt Angle. Yeah, how much impact you know, stuff you, you are they going to get right. permission for? You know what? I think they think they got a good relationship. I mean, anytime if Trish went to the Royal Rumble. Oh no, it was a Trish. Uh, Who was Mickey? Mickey James. Yeah, Mickey James. Mickey James went to the Royal Rumble. Maybe they got to do a deep dive because it's more than just "Hey, Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist." No, you lost your wife to Jeff Jarrett. (laughs) (laughs) That in the doc. Find out next Saturday on Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) There's only one way to find out. Jeff on there. I I I like to know because that's he went through a lot, but he gave us so many great moments. What do we have at number three, Brian? All right. Speaking of Edge, reports circulating this week that the WWE turned down an Edge extension. He is considering AEW today on social media. Edge posting a video saying he has a WWE extension in his inbox, but is considering all platforms right now. So if Edge to AEW is a thing, how would you fantasy book it? So to kind of complete that, the the report that you know they they turned down 
you know, WWE turned down Edge and, and the money he was asking for. The complete report is Edge may have an idea working through third parties of what an offer from Tony Khan AEW would look like. Threw something out there with that number potentially at WWE and they went, ooh, no, sorry. wonder what that third party is. I, who could say at this point? You know, yeah. it's it's a mystery. I mean, I I have no idea who it could possibly be. Um, you know, not anybody. I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that he's close with over there. So, you know, it's Brian Danielson, maybe. I don't know. No, no, no maybe not him. But I mean, no. any sort of fantasy booking edge and AEW includes a reunite. Like he, the only reason he goes there is to reunite with Kristen Cage, right? Yes, I mean that's that's the only reason, that's the like only that. reason yeah. you go to AEW so you can hang out with your boy, have a couple of matches with him, and call it a day. Okay, but Gabe, the tradition of professional wrestling is if you are indeed leaving, you're supposed to lose against Sheamus at SmackDown, but then Toronto would ride. Right. Yeah, it's a tough spot to be in. So, so that's why it's kind of. Con- it's a little murky for me because as I watched that match, which I really enjoyed because I'm an Edge fan, I'm just thinking like, okay, so he's done a lot for the company in 25 years, all that. But I mean, if he's leaving, going to the competitor, do you have him go over? That is not the tradition of wrestling. He's supposed to leave the leave the wrestling as I lose the match. Thanks everybody, so long. So I, f- I feel like yeah. he's coming back. But that's that's not what they did with Mox. Like, they gave Mox, like, a huge moment in the sun on the way out. They reunited the Shield and then had a special WWE Network event around the Shield's final match. I didn't understand that. That was so (laughs) unusual. That was just so so bizarre. I could see Michael Cole, like, old school, like, with the table butted up against the the ring. And it just kind of like, the lights were turned down. I'm like, yeah. What is going on? He's leaving the company. What is going on? Why does he get a send off? That is, you're right. That is, that was very strange. But I mean, one, I think we forgot. Seamus, I think, could be a 25 year guy. Like he seems to be a lifer there and just one of those good soldiers. Yes. But when it comes to Ed, like, could it simply be that like they expect him to stick around? Like that he would take a sweetheart deal and be like, all right, like they're offering me this, I'll take less to stay with WWE because I'm sure there's going to be. We've heard about hiring freeze as the Endeavor thing comes through. Edge getting a boatload of money to show up five times a year, those deals probably don't go through anymore. So maybe they just thought like, oh no, he's gonna stick around. And now all of a sudden it's like, wait, you're actually gonna leave? I guess I actually believe Adam Copeland when he says he doesn't know. And okay. he gave that interview saying, you know, to ET Canada in preparation <laughs> for this match, saying that I can honestly say I don't know if this was my last match. Sure. I think he's I, you, you saw the emotion when he approached the ring, stopped by Beth and his two daughters. And like, there was a lot of emotion there. And I, I think he honestly does not know. And him fielding all offers, I think he's honestly taking everything into consideration. And nothing would surprise me. Retirement, sticking with WWE, or going to AEW. I think he's floating all three of them in his brain right now. I just think there's more for him to do in AEW from a wrestling standpoint if he wants to do it. Like, Turning Christian face would be disappointing because, like, he's so over and entertaining as a heel right now. <laughs> Especially if you have a parent no longer with us. Like, Christian's going to find you. But, like, doing, you know, Edge and Christian versus the Bucks, Edge and Christian versus FTR, like, just to get those two matches, yes, to do Edge and Christian versus the Hardys one more time, which probably won't look like the early 2000s. Like, 
that should be exciting to someone like Edge, who says Kenny Omega is what got him back into wrestling when he was retired. Well, I don't want to sound like a rerun, but I told you guys this last week that Edge didn't owe me anything. Like, sure. He's had so many great matches, and like Edge and Christian now doesn't do anything for me unless it's going to be a, a red-hot heel team. That's the only way that that works. And Edge has got so much favor with the fans as a baby right. face. And I understand it's a different company, no different circumstances, but it's like I don't want I don't need to see Edge versus Christian. I don't need to see Edge and Christian as a babyface team because that Christian to me has gotten over on the mic. Sure. He is hotter now than he's ever been. First of all, you can do that in WWE, and he did not do that in Impact. So just like the idea that uh, if you have a dead father, that you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> uh, that that says a lot too. Like for because he's been great. That's his gimmick. He's yeah. <laughs> He's turned his gimmick into being the guy that rips people with dead dads. Who's like dead that's, and he's right. gotten over. And he's gotten incredibly over that's by lobbing dead dad insults. You God, felt it building last night. Page. Like when he came out, they're like, oh, he's going to go there. He's going to go there. And then he went there. I mean, it, you know you got a good company when Duluth, Georgia understands the gimmick. They were just like, <laughs> oh. So I understand you have a wrestling father. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Buddy Wayne must have been, not been very good. I never heard of him. He's oh. dead. Oh, it's like, oh, so they knew the gimmick. So, right. like, Edge doesn't have to do anything for me. I mean, if, sure. he, if he goes to – but here's the thing. Like, I understand how you fantasy booked it, bro. It's, but it's like, okay, so they come together. Is this any better than something you see on Rampage or lower level Dynamite? Is this an upper card thing when Edge is there? Because you know how they do their stars? They roll them out there every week that they don't need to. See them right. all sting. Like those guys don't need to be on TV every week, but they get a chance to. My, well, yeah, they, my... they keep Sting special though, but like Edge is showing he can still go. Like we make the Hardys joke. Like no. we've seen enough that you're like, all right, like maybe there's nothing left there. Like Edge can still go. And like we don't need him every week. Which, to your point, yes, AEW probably would roll him out there every week. But a handful of matches and just get him a paycheck? Let's go. My only issue is you you just rattled off a handful of like tag tag dream matches with him versus yeah. Christian. You also mentioned Kenny Omega. Like, there, there are a lot of matches I would love to see, you know, him versus Adam Cole, him versus um, Kenny Omega. He, you know, there's a lot of singles matches I'd like to see him have there as well. The problem is, I don't know if I want Edge wrestling that much. Sure. He would get hurt against those wrestlers. He would. Yes. That, that ain't the old soft, pillowy WWE style. Oh, no. Because <laughs> once he gets hurt, it's like, it's like, wait a minute. That doesn't feel like a nice, soft landing. Yeah. Well, They're Tony gonna, would have him versus Roosh on collision. I was course. about to say, that's the other thing. I don't want him <laughs> accidentally ending up in any sort of match with Roosh. Like, I just want him to avoid that completely. Like, just, no. No to that because, and we've seen that with Brian Danielson, right? Yeah. Like we have all these dream matches that we really want to see Brian have. And he's just, un and some of these have been unfortunate injuries when you break, I mean, again, to break your freaking arm and still wrestle 10 minutes oh. with it is just, damn dude. Like I respect the <laughs> toughness, but it just, it, these injuries happen, especially as you get older and you've had these other injuries that maybe you're trying to protect these other things. And there are too many dream matches and I, I would be concerned much like every other wrestler we've seen in AEW that we want to... Brian Danielson can't help himself. CM Punk should be kept separate. He can't help himself. He wants to be out there wrestling all the time. Like, these professional wrestlers cannot help themselves when it comes to, oh, 
I can wrestle this guy, this guy, that guy, that guy. Oh, and we can do stuff with New Japan too? Hell yeah, sign me up for that. Like, somebody needs to protect Edge from himself, and that doesn't exist in AEW. Right. Danielson did say Dr. Tolan, uh, wrestling that extra 10 minutes uh, probably wasn't good for the arm. <laughs> oh. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> Wow. So thanks for I mean, that update. That, 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 that is my, my fear is that uh, Edge goes into, into a match, you know, and he's taking on somebody and all of a sudden he just gets hurt and he goes, sure. I'm not used to this style. It's a little bit too physical for me. And then something happens. You know, I don't want that to happen. I like him that no, much. I don't want him fair. to get hurt. Yeah. It would be an awesome first pop. I'm worried what would happen to him in AEW. If he comes back to wrestling, I guess I prefer him stay as Edge. Plus, it would be weird to have to call him Adam every week on this show. like Because Edge is a trademark WWE name. I'm sure he would not be able to bring his music over the way that Cody was able to bring his music over from AEW. Like, who knows what he does for his entrance. I mean, and Tony, Tony would pay whatever he needed to pay. I think he's made that perfectly clear. Um, for a number of different wrestlers in the music that they have, but there's just there's something about Edge in WWE. It would, it would feel different to see him in AEW, and I don't, Edge, know, I, Edge. I don't know if it'd be good. Congratulations, man! So glad to have you here in AEW. This is gonna be so great. It's gonna be so awesome. Uh, your first opponent, AR Fox. What? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> like, ah, my neck. Here, here's <laughs> here's Action Andretti. It's like actually Andretti breaks his arm. It's like, oh, oh God. Wait, are you what's wrong, Edge? That guy's really stiff. It's action Andretti. <laughs> <laughs> I can't hang with this with these kids. I'm out. Keep him for the love of God, keep him away from Mox. <laughs> so that's my that's my fear. Where do, let's make a prediction. Hmm? Retirement WWE AEW. What do you think? WWE. I think AEW for a handful of matches. I'm going to say WWE. What do we have this week, Brian, in news notes? All right. Uh, Sad news to start things off. Yesterday announced on Twitter by Mick Foley, wrestling legend Terry Funk passing away at the age of 79. He wrestled from 1965 to 2017. Foley tweeted, quote, if you get the chance, look up a Terry Funk match or a Terry Funk promo and give thanks. I think one of my favorite stories to come out of this, I saw Excalibur retweeted earlier this morning um, involving Eddie Kingston. Um, when Eddie was just watching an episode of Dynamite or Collision or whatever it was, and Shivani, and they're all throwing around who the greatest of all time is, and somebody threw out Danielson, and he felt the need to text the broadcast booth saying, using expletives, of course, because he's Eddie Kingston, like, hey guys, it's Terry Funk. <laughs> That's who he is. <laughs> That's Eddie Kingston. It was very necessary to get that out there. So what happened to your tag team? Get the mic out of my face. Get the mic out of my face. <laughs> That's what happened. I'm going to fix it. Oh, man. He's a real guy. Um, Terry Funk, the, the son of Dory Funk Sr. and the brother of Dory Funk Jr. There was always a difference between Dory Funk uh, Jr. and Terry. Dory pretty much was boring, but it was a, a terrific wrestler and a former NWA champion. And he was so different. Terry was so different. He was wild. 
But I mean, there was a time when he first got into wrestling. Yeah, he was kind of normal, like diff, you know, nice haircut and you know, yes, sir, Mister Soli. And I was, I was wrestling in Florida and Amarillo and wrestling the territories. But there was a time where he separated big time from Dory. He was just this wild man. You think about death matches and crazy matches. Terry Funk was part of it. So I'm going to give you three matches that every anyone should see. If you've never watched a Terry Funk match, I'm going to give you three that you should watch. Number three is, uh, is Terry Funk against Jerry Lawler. Empty Arena match in Memphis. That was a, a blood feud between the two. I know we've seen Empty Arena matches before, but it was started in Memphis. Oh, of course, if all the innovation starts in Memphis. <laughs> and so, so Terry Funk and Jerry Lawler, if you watch that match, Jerry Lawler goes for Terry Funk's eye and just makes it seem like he took the eye out. And Terry Funk says, my eye, my eye, Lance, my eye. Screaming in, in an empty Mid-South Coliseum, and it resonated. The echo of Terry Funk crying about his eye being plucked out by Jerry Lawler. A great match. It's on YouTube. Um, for for the Broitzes of the world, the death match with Onita against Funk, uh, where there's explosion. Every time you body slam somebody, there's an explosion, and there's barbed wire, and it's nonsense. People love to see that match. That match also is on YouTube as well. Because Funk was really, if you think he's good in the United States, he was great in Japan. And so that match was great. And uh, a match that people really love, and this is 89 when you thought that Terry Funk was down the line, he can't wrestle anymore. In May of 89, when the NWA is on its ass, the one thing that was holding his up, holding it up was Ric Flair against Terry Funk. Ric Flair has these three matches with Ricky Steamboat. I saw the one in Chicago in which Steamboat won the championship. There was a great match, my favorite match against uh, with Steamboat and Flair in New Orleans at Clash of Champions. The trilogy ended in Nashville with Funk against Flair, and Flair, uh, I'm sorry, Flair defeats Steamboat. Terry Funk comes in and turns heel on Ric Flair, and they had a number of matches. Look for Terry Funk versus Ric Flair, Clash of Champions in Troy, New York, a Clash of Champions. Terry Funk was great. He was the best of professional wrestling because great guy believable character and wrestled all over the world. So rest in peace to an all-time great. But those three matches, if you've never seen Terry Funk matches, watch those three. They were amazing. And I think to your point there, Jay Hood, I believe it was Sean Ross Sapp tweet that said, the crazy thing about him because his career was so long is that you ask a wrestling fan about him and everyone has different memories from different eras because there was so much Terry Funk. So you remember him from just different times. Yeah, I mean, it's from, from the 70s to in the territory days to the 80s in Japan. And, and we can't forget his ECW run, too. Yeah. ECW does not catch fire without Terry Funk. Yeah. And he was way up in age. He should have retired, I think, twice. Uh, but <laughs> but if it wasn't for Terry, if it wasn't for him against Mick Foley in ECW, ECW does not take off. Elsewhere, WWE announcing on Monday, John Cena will be back on SmackDown September 1st from Hershey, Pennsylvania. He also will be part of the WWE Superstar Spectacle September 8th in India. We last saw him money in the bank in London. He last wrestled at WrestleMania against Theory. Uh, the India uh, show and the India match that he's going to partake in, apparently not going to be available for television viewers here in the United States. Um, that's just kind of a special thing that they're doing over there. This does not come as a shock to me. Somebody that always seems like he has to be busy and there's nothing to do in Hollywood right now because there's a writers and actors strike. So naturally he can do this because this is out of the union and I don't think anyone's going to look at him sideways or call him a scab. If he shows up on WWE television to wrestle a couple of matches. 
This is uh, Gabe is correct that this is just for the house in India. Very strange about India, right? So you would think as many people as there, they'd have like this mega show. The arena that they're going to yeah. wrestle in is about four thousand people. It's only four thousand, and it's also hmm. a company or or a country which they're not big on paying for tickets unless it's cricket, which I think is very also very interesting. Um, so this is going to be a small house. It's for the Sony television, whatever they call up there in India, uh, Sony. So this is just to, to kind of scratch the itch of the Indian wrestling fan. And then on top of that, by the way, who's the opponent for, for Cena? What about all the Indian wrestlers that can't get over in WWE? Is this Shanky? Is he coming in? <laughs> what, 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 what about those three guys? Remember, like, it yeah. was... Jinder Mahal and his group, where have they been? And Veer is gone again. Like, where's Veer? Veer? Where's Veer? They let go of Veer? Veer's not coming. No? (laughs) He was coming for a while, but now Veer's not coming. For a very long time. He He was was coming coming for a long time. Coming to Raw, and he showed up, and then he was leaving Raw for a very long time. They did this. They've done these. They've done that country so wrong. For, for I mean, for a long time. I mean, they gave Jinder a run with yeah, the championship. Yeah, got to run as the world yeah. champ. Yeah, that's business. It's not because he was any good. And they just okay. gave him, but just like all these guys, there's about six or eight wrestlers there that are just not working, and they're Indian. Like they'll be there on the card, I'm sure, right. in India. But it's like they don't, they can't get a run. I don't understand. Finally, news and notes. PW Insider says the Endeavor takeover of the WWE expected to be done mid to late September. Reports are that it's doom and gloom at WWE headquarters because layoffs are expected. Um, not shocking. I mean, whenever a company absorbs another company, like there are, are there's probably going to be some redundancies in terms of different things that you have because you've been your own company and now this other company is coming in. So in terms of the front office and, and names that you're probably not familiar with. Yeah, I could see that if you are an HR employee or you're in payroll or whatever you're doing with WWE, I can understand because that's what happens in corporate America. When one company gets absorbed or comes together with another one. Uh, how much will that affect the talent roster? Everything's saying it shouldn't. I mean, if anything that's going to be affected, it's going to be Vince taking over as head booker, which I feel like, many people expect so so gabe you are right but not when it's the wwe come on now like you don't have to cut anybody as much money as you're making you've already sold out wrestlemania if you stop now what in 450 what forty-five thousand people a night for wrestlemania mm-hmm. the average ticket price by the way is 210 that's the highest they've ever gone i mean not a hundred dollar ticket not a fifty dollar ticket 210 is the average ticket. So that's 210 if you brought a family of four, plus merch, plus parking, plus everything else, right? 210. They don't have to cut anybody. I just wonder, does, does Vince look at this like, yeah, we can cut some people? <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. I, said, I said Gargano out. Why does he keep coming back? <laughs> I fired again. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, I... I would assume that they're just going to let people go because that team, you know, these companies come together and they go, oh, we can save this $50,000 salary by letting go this person. And that's just what they're going to do. It's unfortunate. I hope they don't do it, but it's probably going to, it's probably going to happen. Yep. And that's it for news and notes. Yeah. It should not affect uh, the talent. 
No, and it's not. I mean, because you're you're doing fine financially. If you now, if you got nothing for them, which is also BS, because you don't, you could find something for everybody if you wanted yep. to. You know, you have you have plenty of hours. All right, so so time. subtract one of the replays that you had of something that happened in hour one of Raw. <laughs> right. You know, an hour mm-hmm. three. Oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> like you can right. you can find ways to fill the time because you're not filling it with the most efficiently currently on Monday Night Raw. What do you guys have as your match of or matches of the week? So uh, it is for me, Commander against Ray Phoenix. It is John Moxley against Ray Phoenix. It is Edge against Sheamus on SmackDown. Okay, I think we had a lot of options this week, which is nice. I also had Mox versus Phoenix, Gunther versus Gable. I don't mm-hmm. know what's next for Gable. I assume it's just him losing next week, but that was fun. And then at the top, I'm gonna hide here. Uh, NXT Heat Wave, uh, Carmelo Hayes versus Wesley. What? What did you that do was now? Really good. It should have been longer. I only watched that match. Carmelo Hayes, Wesley. Yeah, okay. All right. Hayes. All right. All right. All right. Hood. At what point? At what point do we just call him a liar and we don't believe him because he keeps telling us about how he doesn't actually pay attention to NXT, but every once in a while he comes flying in off the top rope with a great match that's happened on NXT. So clearly he's paying attention. Or how did you find? Did how did you find out about this match? Are you DVRing it and then going back and watching yes. it? Like, what do so we? I have what? it DVR'd every week, and there was social media buzz, and the two of them—I've seen them go before. So, I was like, I'll give it a try. Well worth it. Just mute Booker T. Just watch the match. Mute the commentary. Whoop that trick, Victor. <laughs> How did Trick He's Williams look, by the way? What's that? How did Trick Williams look? It was fine, but like the match itself was good. Like that was the fun part. Like that match, those two guys going, it felt rushed for whatever reason, but that was a fun match. I, I did see a clip on, on social, it, some kind of crazy, like from the top rope onto a table DDT. Did that yes. happen in that match? He had, that, that. he had like a leg drop thing. Like there were a couple of things where like, what did he just do? Or he did like rewind it a little bit. Just the main event, skip everything else. I don't know anything else that happened on that card. Carmelo Hayes, Wesley. I NXT saw. Title. I saw the Rock's daughter got uh, kidnapped and oh, no. ransomed uh, for some sort of match. I'm not quite sure why, but that, that's the only thing I saw from NXT Heatwave. I saw that, that Ava that Ava yeah. was kidnapped. I saw that GKW underscore wrestling. I just saw that on on Twitter, and I just thought, my God, the acting does not uh, carry from one generation <laughs> to the other. She's terrible. I saw. I, I think I saw like a screenshot, and it's like the screenshot is of her like smiling as she's being carried away. Like, no, you're being kidnapped right now. This is supposed to be serious. Ooh, she's bad. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's not good at all. Uh, the only thing I would throw in in terms of because uh, I had Gable versus Gunther, Mox versus Phoenix, which was just a great blending of two different styles on on Dynamite last night. Gable versus Gunther was great also because even though it ended as a countout, like Gunther was still pissed off because any loss is unacceptable for him, and Gable was celebrating because it was the first time in, in who knows how long that Gunther actually took a loss. Uh, and Jay White versus Dalton Castle was pretty good on Collision, I thought last week. Jay, I just really like with with I, I don't know if I like Bullet Club Gold, but I like Jay White, I, and I like the way that they like if Jay White doesn't show up, somebody. Bullet Club Gold is losing, but if Jay White's in there, chances are they're going to win. I kind of like what they did um, in terms of just jumping uh, the elite last night early in the show as well. And they're just really booking Jay White strong. And I can't wait for him 
to go up against the Omegas, the Adam Coles, and, and actually have some some meaningful feuds because they're they're making sure that he is featured every week on Collision. I and and I for one have been a fan of what he's been able to do. That's some good choices. I'll just say this one time on the show, and I'll ever say it again. I don't know how in the Vince in the real Vince era how Dalton Castle got past him. You talk about a sports entertainer, like oh yeah. There's a such thing as a Dalton Castle match, by the way. I can figure, I've seen him enough now. Where it's like, okay, I've got the boys, and we're gonna be out here with the boys. And I, <laughs> even I'm gonna the use promo the on the way to the ring that he does, I like, mean, is so awesome. I just think that that's, I mean, that's completely what WWE. I guess I could say used to be. Sure. Under, I guess not yeah. now, but it used to be like that. Should I don't know how he never got to the WWE with that act. He's a peacock. <laughs> it's unbelievable. We, we had we had we dealt with Fondango and we couldn't get Dalton Castle and the boys. I mean, I don't know how he ever slipped past them. Like, if anybody would be WWE in that era, it would have been yeah. him. And he didn't even need the title. Just just he's got the boys. No, he, he shows up every once in a while on ROH or AEW television, and it's good in the ring. He's entertaining, puts on a good show. I don't I like know. it. I just, I just, I don't understand that. Like, he could be anywhere else, but he should be like in that era of WWE where he's using the boys and the boys are throwing him in the ring and that kind of thing and using one of them as a step stool. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's really something. It's quite a, it's, whether he wins or not doesn't matter. He's just a really interesting attraction over the years. Absolutely. That'll do it. We got a good, we got a big one. We got a big one. Sunday's going to be the big one. Sunday afternoon, biggest wrestling show. And now they've got multiple matches on, on the zero hour. We've got, well, spoiler alert, FTW championship being defended on zero hour. That's coming out with collision on Saturday. And of course you're going to have the ROH titles, tag titles defended there. Booked card should be a lot of fun. You know, the match is going to be, the matches are going to deliver and we'll talk about it all, all in next week, right here on GKW.